listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Friday the 28th of January. This is Recap, made for you by Shearsies. And if you didn't know, Shearsies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. And here's the financial disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Alice. Kia ora, Jose. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I trust all is well with you in Wellington. Yeah, and you are just about to head off on a long weekend. Oh, for yes. Auckland anniversary day. Yep, it's uh, Auckland's birthday on Monday, so we get uh, three days off, like you did in Wellington last weekend, so I'm looking forward to that very much. Yeah, so you're ditching me on Monday. I, well, look, it's just a mandated, <laughs> like, Auckland holiday. It's, 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 under, it's under duress. <laughs> no, no, I hope you enjoy your weekend, um, and I'll hold the fort down here on recap. I'm sure you will. Thanks for that, Alice. Uh, so, yeah, let's crack on today. Because I thought I'd start with a wee update from Sinlay Milk. Yeah, so Sinlay is an independent milk processor listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange. It has over 200 farms that supply it with milk solids. Now, Sinlay then um, takes that milk and makes infant formula and all kinds of milk powder. Um, another thing to note about the company is that it's, it's a major supplier to A2 Milk. Yeah, and Sinlay had a bit of a challenging year in 2021 where it reported a record loss of $28.5 million. And that was uh, mainly due to COVID disruptions and also a sort of a domino effect from A2 Milk's key market in China drying up. So what was Sinlay's update today? So Sinlay has raised its forecasted payout. Uh, this is the price that Sinlay will pay the farmers that supply them all their milk. Okay, so last week uh, you reported on this. You said that Fonterra, um, they expected to be able to offer a higher farm gate milk price. Uh, is this the same thing? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It's the same thing. So Sinlay says it now expects to pay farmers $9.25 per kilogram of milk solids for the season. And that is up 16% from their previous forecast. And I'm assuming the reason behind this price upgrade is the same as a is what it was for Fonterra? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So Sinlay says the jump in price is because of high demand around the world outstripping supply. And like Fonterra, Fonterra the pandemic is largely to blame for that restricted supply. Uh, you've got illness and lockdowns affecting production. You've got supply chain issues. And on top of that, there's the, all this inflationary pressure making it more costly to produce milk. But Sinlay also pointed to the weak New Zealand dollar versus the US dollar, which they say is helping boost prices. And do they expect these conditions to last? Yes, they do. They think it'll take time for all of these factors to correct or flatten out. And they said that that supports their forecast. Okay, now, Jose, if you had to guess what I am going to be talking about on recap today, uh, what would you say? <laughs> I, I, I think a strong guess would be that it's got to be a US company's earnings report, right? There's just so many of those flying around at the moment. I don't know what else you'd talk about. Yeah, you've got it in one. But today I'm not going to talk about just any company's earnings. I'm talking about the largest listed company in the world. Now, that can only be Apple, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And by the largest, I mean by market capitalization. Uh, so as a, as a Friday fun fact for us all, uh, when you're looking at the American stock exchanges, Apple is the largest one on there. Um, and as of today, it has a market cap of 2.6 trillion US dollars. Now that's followed by Microsoft, uh, Alphabet, which is Google's parent company, uh, Amazon, and then Meta. I mean, the value of those five companies just together is is mind-blowing. So what was in Apple's results today? Yeah, so these were Apple's latest quarterly results, and headlining them was that the company reported its largest ever quarter in terms of revenue. Uh, that's despite ch- supply chain challenges that have been disrupting the company. Wowza, so tell me more about that. So Apple made $124 billion US dollars in revenue for the three months ended December, and that beat analyst expectations and also represented an 11% increase year on year. Interesting. So where's all that growth coming from? Yeah, so iPhone revenue accounts for over half of that revenue number, uh, coming in at $72 billion for the quarter. And that was a 9% increase from a year ago. Now, that's something that CEO Tim Cook said that he was proud of, uh, especially considering the supply constraints during the quarter. Uh, helping that growth was Apple's iPhone 13 release that came out in September. So this was the first full quarter with that new product in the market. But moving on to other products, how did some of Apple's other divisions do? So all but one of Apple's other divisions reported revenue growth and bet expectations. Uh, The only division that didn't do that was the iPad division. That brought in $7.3 billion in revenue, but that was 14% lower than this time last year. Now, once again, the company pointed to significant supply constraints as the driver behind this, uh, as other products were prioritised. So with all these supply chain constraints, presumably uh, for semiconductor chips, which we've talked about a lot on Recap, that have been causing headaches, what's the outlook for them? Uh, Apple said that while the supply chain issues were worse in the December quarter compared to uh, the September quarter, um, they actually claimed that supply chains are starting to improve. CEO Tim Cook said that they expect uh, supply constraints in the March quarter to be less than what they were in this most recent one. And finally, how were Apple's earnings for the quarter? Uh, Earnings per share came in at $2.10 for the quarter. That was higher than expected and also 25% higher than a year ago. Thank you very much, Alice. And this week, some important figures were released here in Aotearoa that have implications for investors. Alice is talking about the Consumer Price Index, or CPI, which was released by Stats New Zealand on Thursday morning. Now, the CPI is a basket of goods and services that are scooped up by StatsNZ on a regular basis. And what they do is they check the prices of all the things in their sample. And from that, they're able to work out if prices in general for all the things we buy and consume have gone up or if they've gone down. And the difference between how much that basket costs this year versus last year is called inflation. And on Thursday, the CPI showed that inflation came in at 5.9%. Uh, last year, during the same period, that was at 4.9%. And as we'll see, that's the highest inflation has been in New Zealand for quite some time. Now, this has implications for markets and for investors. So to explain all that and unpack what's going on, I had a chat with Brad Olson, who is the Principal Economist at Infometrics Limited. 
And I began by asking Brad if that figure of 5.9% was what everyone was expecting. It was broadly in line with market expectations. And mm. to be fair, the markets had to uh, quite quickly adjust what it was thinking. You know, uh, you go back a few months, the feeling was uh, inflation was just a short term thing. Don't be too worried about it. It's mm. not going to sort of uh, do too much. Um, and so the market sort of, in, in a sense, yesterday's result uh, was slightly below market expectations, uh, but very much broadly in line with, with what people were thinking. Um, the fact that it didn't start with a symbolic six, um, you know, I, I think probably disappointed a few analysts. But in general, <laughs> I mean, we've got to be realistic. This is the highest in 30 or so years. Um, and it, it, it's also more than or just about double what the Reserve Bank uh, tries to target with the top of its inflation band. So it is starting to show that things are getting far away from normal. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that last time I got that high was I think Jim Bolger was the Prime Minister, right? Exactly. Look, I wasn't even born. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm taking StatsNZ's words for, for the fact that it was at 7.6 odd percent in the June 1990 quarter. Yeah. So what's driving this inflation? Um, I mean, we've seen similar reports about high inflation, high inflation as, as you sort of alluded to earlier overseas. Is it the same factors here in New Zealand? Yes and no. I mean, there's definitely those global factors. We know that supply chains are pretty uh, pretty ruined at the moment and still really stretched. Um, so that's putting prices up. It's more expensive to put stuff on a ship, for example. Um, some of the numbers we track suggest that container prices are still up eight times uh, above what they would normally be. Mm. We know that fuel prices as well are a large part of it. Um, they've bounced up. Again, they're sitting 30% higher. Um, and that's because, you know, across the world, there's a feeling that there is um, uh, difficulty sometimes getting supply of, of, of fuel. And that's come up as well because there's also uh, a feeling that, that, that demand for fuel is, has improved because the global economy has also been getting better. Um, so all up, you saw that um, what economists call tradable inflation, so overseas-based inflation, was 6.9%. So mm. that's stuff that we can't do a lot about. That's coming from, from the global uh, activity. However, non-tradables inflation, that's stuff that you can only really buy in New Zealand. It's not based on overseas factors. That was up 5.3%. And again, incredibly high relative to what we normally see. Uh, and that's going to start to ring alarm bells here domestically because what it suggests is that um, the pressures on the New Zealand economy are quite acute. We've only got so much stuff, we've only got so many goods and services to go around, but demand for those services across the country is high, and it means that basically everyone's competing to get that last tomato or whatever it might be, mm. and they're bidding the price up, essentially. How much of this is, is perception-led? I'm, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated in that, that kind of link between a sort of objective reality, but also like the perception of how people react, ir irrationally or rationally. Perception has a huge amount to do with inflation, to be honest with you. Um, a, a lot of people might look at something like 5.9% and go, oh, gosh, you know, I, I thought prices were a lot lot higher than that. Mm. Um, and part of that is because, you know, people have a perception bias to remember price increases. They don't really remember price decreases or where the price hasn't changed at all. So often there's an element there. The other one, though, is um, price expectations have a lot to do with inflation because if you're sitting there and you're going, well, prices are starting to go up quite a lot, maybe I should go and buy that whatever it is now before it goes up in price uh, later. If you have that happening, what often happens is you actually drag inflation forward. But by someone going to buy something ahead of time to escape inflation, they create the inflation because you add that pressure into the here and now rather than spreading out that spending over time. 
And, and what we often look at there and what the markets get quite worried about is where you have an, an uncoupling, if you will, between the expectation of future inflation um, and where you'd like it to be. So the Reserve Bank tries to target inflation between 1% to 3% mm. um, with a midpoint of 2 So the fact that you're now at 5.9%, if consumers start to think that this 5.9% is more normal or likely to exist for longer, then effectively it will exist for longer because they'll go out and spend now and that'll sort of create additional demand even when the supply of goods isn't any much better. We still can't find a lot of stuff in the stores. Uh, so there's definitely a, a worry and a risk that that perception starts to fuel inflation further. Mm. Uh, in Australia, they also released some data. Their, their consumer price index, was that the same story as in New Zealand? Yeah, relatively similar. So they um, they saw a 3.5% year-on-year change, so not nearly as hardcore um, as our 59 um, but what you also saw there was that the, there were similar drivers, right? right. So in New Zealand, um, the two major drivers of our inflation uh, were the likes of housing costs, so so the, the price of building a new house, um, and transport costs, so fuel and what have you. Um, exactly the same, really, uh, for, for the Aussies. Um, what it does mean as well, though, is that there there is this expectation around the world that um, the there's an end to the easy money that's been prevalent over the last two years. Um, the Reserve Bank of Australia is probably going to look um, to to maybe not hike, but at least certainly change their view a little bit around their asset purchasing. Um, you know, mm. so far they've been pretty headstrong. They didn't need to do much. Um, and here in New Zealand as well, you know, the, the Reserve Bank in New Zealand also is going to have to consider um, just how fast and, and how much it lifts those those interest rates. So all of these inflationary numbers are, are, are a key determinant for um, those expectations around interest rates. And you're seeing the same thing, to be honest, coming out of the, the states, uh, the US Federal Reserve having to think about not only what they do with their bond buying program, but again, do they start to lift their Fed funds rate? Um, and that's, that's certainly market, making the market relatively skitterish at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you say, so uh, you know, central banks look at inflation; eh, that they have to think about interest rates. What does that mean for for investors? What's the link there? Why should investors look at this and keep this in mind? Yeah, so two major points there. I mean, the the, the lifting essentially what you're going to have from a lot of the, the central banks around the world is this feeling that that there's too much heat in the economy; they need to drag some money. Uh, out of it because essentially too much is being spent and that's the point of low interest rates it's supposed to inject a lot more uh, money into the economy so by withdrawing that by lifting interest rates you know people's mortgages will go up households will have less cash uh, in their back pockets uh, and that means that for a lot of businesses well there might not be quite as much business to go around Mm. Um, we also know that you know a lot of the access to that that cheap um, financing has allowed for an increase in, in investment and assets and similar, um, with a feeling now that inflation and therefore interest rates are going up, there isn't the same interest um, in the, the, the stock market, for example, and there's a feeling that what is currently there might not be quite as worth it anymore because you know, you're going to start to see uh, interest rates rise and again that, that access to money becomes more expensive. So. All around, you're, you're going to see, in my mind, a little bit of red um, across some of the stock indices. They're not going to be performing quite as uh, as healthily as they have been in previous times, uh, just because that tap of easy money is being turned off. And finally, what is your sense for the rest of the year? How, uh, is inflation going to remain high? 
Yeah, look, our view is that it remains high. Again, I think everyone's changed away from this thought of it being transitory and being over in a few months mm. to feeling like it could be a lot more persistent. Uh, and in and, and our view, we sort of look at um, the, the numbers, and, and yes, those housing and transport numbers for New Zealand were high, but in a sense, I don't think we've seen the end of inflation for a number of other consumer goods, you know, anywhere from clothing to footwear and, and similar, uh, because we know that those shipping costs have gone up. We know that businesses are saying that they need to raise their prices. That will flow through more um, to what people pay at, at the shop. And, and therefore, people are going to have to make some quite challenging decisions about where they put their cash, because effectively, uh, they can buy less with it now. And, and, and that's going to be quite a big uh, determinant of, of activity over the, the next year. Uh, if I was betting, I'd, I'd expect that you know you could well see inflation remain above the Reserve Bank's target band for the next one and a half years at least. Um, and if that's the case, again, the Reserve Bank might have to act a lot more aggressively. Um, that's the big shift, really. You know, you go back six months, no one was talking about this sort of aggression um, and need to combat inflation. You know, the, 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 the Fed, the Reserve Bank of Australia, New Zealand's Reserve Bank, all saying similar things, sort of just tie-ho, wait on um, and, and it'll correct itself. Now there is a definitely a feeling of urgency of we need to get in front of this because we don't want to let inflation get embedded and run away. And therefore you might see some quite drastic and fast action uh, to try and curb that inflationary rise. Thanks very much to Brad Olson for his time this morning. And that was recap for the 28th of January. Thanks so much for listening. Absolutely. You can give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch, our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz. And you can also leave a voice message. There is a link in the episode description. And have a great weekend. Absolutely. Hey, Telahina. See you next week.